Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Anthony Kent, and it's a real pleasure to welcome you to today's program. You know, each Ministry in Motion program is a special program, but today's is more special than most. Our guest today is Pastor Antonio Montero. He joins us later in the program, and Derek Morris, our co-host, had a wonderful opportunity to interview him. Let's catch up with the story. Derek, you had the opportunity to interview Pastor Montero. Our topic today, of course, is facing life's challenges with faith and courage. And Pastor Montero certainly did face an enormous challenge. Tell us a little about that challenge. He did, uh, Anthony. And I must say, it's probably one of the most inspiring interviews that I had the opportunity to, to conduct uh, for, for this program. Uh, Pastor Montero uh, from Cape Verde was pastoring in Togo. This in is West, in Africa. In yeah. West Africa, mm -hmm. right. And was falsely accused of a crime and imprisoned for over 600 days, 22 months. And just that whole ordeal and, and what God taught him during that time was not only life-changing for him, but I think it will be life-changing for anyone who hears mm. his testimony. So 22 months, almost two years in prison for a crime that he was totally innocent of. Tell us a little about the conditions, unspeakable though they be, just just... Give us a few details about the prison. Well, Pastor Montero never uh, says things just so that he'll get sympathy. Yeah. But when I, when I asked him about the prison, he said, well, it was constructed for 500 inmates, but there were almost 2,000 inmates, so four times that number when he was there. And it appears that they were locked up uh, each evening into these cells. He called it a facility. Right. Uh, 25 people in each of these rooms, no windows. So 25 people had a room each? 25 people in the room. In one room. Barely enough room, no beds, no furniture, mats to lie on the floor and a, a kind of a pot to function as a toilet in the middle. Disease was rampant. Uh, the ventilation was non-existent. Uh, these were really, really difficult conditions. And, and he's there with people who've committed all kinds of crimes. So it's also a very dangerous environment. Now, one of the other people in that prison with him was a person that he was trying to help. And Tell us about yeah, that. Because this, of course, we're talking here to pastors and, and volunteer <laughs> leaders in their church. Uh, Pastor Montoro was actually involved in a ministry uh, to a person who came asking for help. Pastor Montero helped this person who later falsely accused him to the police of committing a terrible crime. He was arrested with no warning, imprisoned, and all of this time was waiting for trial. It, mm. He was waiting to be acquitted or potentially uh, accused and, and, and given a life sentence in prison. Yeah. We're just about to experience a unique piece of television where we get a glimpse into the world of a man who didn't just survive a life-threatening and life-challenging experience, but he thrived. My special guest today is Pastor Antonio Montero. We're talking about facing life's challenges with faith and courage. And Pastor Montero has been through a challenging time 
And I think he has some lessons that will bless our lives as leaders in our Christian communities. Pastor Montero, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Pastor. I have a question for you about your beginnings as a pastor. When did you first recognize God's call to become a pastor? Well, I, uh, I was 12 years old. I wanted to be a priest. It was my decision. And in the beginning, it didn't go as planned, because God had a different plan for me. I didn't know that. My parents didn't know that. I so when I turned 16 years old, I discovered the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I started attending this church. I heard the message. I asked for a Bible so that I could see that what they were teaching was consistent with the Bible. I learned about the Sabbath and other similar things. So when I discovered this truth, I said, we're wrong. The Bible says this and this. I'm going to the Adventist Church. In November 24th, 1972, I was baptized. And back then, I had never thought about being a pastor. To me, being a pastor was only for white people. That's something that we all had in mind. So in 1976, I came to the beach, to the capital city. And there, they asked me to organize an event for the church. By then, I was already relatively well-known. I was known as a missionary. I was preaching in several different places, planting many churches. And I was only about 16 or 17. So even by that age, I was relatively well-known throughout the country. So when I arrived at the beach, they invited me. I spoke at the youth class on a Sabbath. And uh, at this event, I saw Pastor Malton Braff, the then president of the local conference, where it was based in Senegal. And after I was finished preaching, I left the sanctuary and I noticed someone patting on my shoulder. When I looked back, it was Pastor Malton. My first thought was like, oh no, I must have said something wrong. Then he looked at me and said, Antonio, you're going to be a pastor. I said, no, I never considered that. He said, look, the mission will sponsor you. It was then that I started a path toward becoming a pastor. I started studying, I went to Senegal, then I attended the Adventist College in Cameroon, I graduated college, then went on to theology studies. And I realized that God used Pastor Malcolm to help me see what I was being called to do. Despite so many struggles, I strongly believe that this calling came from God. I strongly believe that this was not a human desire, but a call from God. Amen. Amen. You probably never imagined that you would end up in prison during the time of your ministry. Never. I never imagined that this would happen to me. And while I was in prison, I said to God, I have work to be done outside of prison. Not only do I have my home church to take care of, but I'm also overlooking many other churches. So, never in my entire life did I imagine that I would ever be preaching the gospel from within a prison. While in prison, I learned that only a miracle would be able to get me out of that situation. Nevertheless, I consider myself a missionary inside of a prison. While you were in prison there in Togo for 22 months, perhaps you remembered some stories from the Bible of people who spent time in prison as faithful servants of God. I think of people like Joseph, Daniel, 
John the Baptist, Peter, Paul and Silas. Which story from the scriptures brought encouragement to your heart? Yeah, I thought about all of the Bible characters that were in prison. Though the only thing that I didn't relate to Joseph's story was that he was in prison for seven years. I thought, oh, I don't want to spend seven years in here. But other than that, I was able to empathize a lot with Joseph's story. He was also falsely accused, so for that reason, I saw a lot of similarities between him and me. But <laughs> when they said that he spent seven years in prison, I didn't like that part so much. But every single day, I prayed to God that His will will be done. Yes, I wanted to leave. I mean, why would I be in prison? I'm innocent. But let your will be done. And when I looked at these people in the Bible, I thought to myself, you are just part of a group, just like those biblical heroes. They were wrongfully imprisoned, but God used His power to get them out of prison. Certainly, I would get a little choked up thinking about John the Baptist's story. He even died in prison, and someone even asked me, Pastor, why would God let someone die in prison? What do you have to say to that? So, as you can see, the situation was very complex, but I would look them in the eye and say, our God was the one who parted the Red Sea. The same God that watched over in the lion's den. The same God was in the fiery furnace. The same God was with Joseph, Peter, Paul, Silas. Look, I have faith that the same God is working on our side. It is the same God. He is the same yesterday, today and for eternity. He will make a miracle. And my time here in this prison will spread His message. It's possible that I wouldn't even see it, but time will show it, for the glory of His name. So, just like Joseph, who was accused, I myself was accused by someone who I was trying to help, so I saw a lot of myself in Joseph, with the exception of his seven-year imprisonment. So, I would constantly tell God, let your will be done. I am prepared for whatever is coming my way. But if you feel like it's time for me to leave, please make this miracle happen. And he did, in the most perfect time. Amen. I'm sure that many other followers of God have been encouraged by the example and experience of Joseph. As I think about some of the stories in the Bible of great spiritual leaders, Joseph, Daniel, John the Baptist, Peter, some of them were released quickly uh, by a miraculous intervention. Some, like Joseph, spent uh, several years in prison, and some, like John the Baptist, died in prison. Mm -hmm. So, you are now here, God has opened the prison doors for you to be released, but your, your colleague, uh, Brother Bruna Amar, he's still in the prison. How should we be supporting and praying for him and also for you? Look, I spent 22 months with Bruno Amar. Prior to being in prison together, we had talked on the phone but never met him personally. And while in prison, the most important thing that I learned about him is that he's a very spiritual person. Not for a second did I believe that he would ever be accused of a crime, even though he was sentenced. I'm still in disbelief. I said as I was uh, leaving prison uh, on my last day, I didn't want to say goodbye to them, not only to Bruno Amar, but also Rafael. I really didn't want to say goodbye. 
So I said, I'll come back. But when I was filling out the paperwork, they told me, you can go home. And I didn't come back. I didn't want to say goodbye. I was talking to him before I left, and uh, he told me, I'm happy they are letting you go. Yes, I said, uh, I'm happy too, but only partly happy, because you're staying. But don't worry. I feel that if you are innocent, you have nothing to fear. You were given a terrible sentence, but God, who is all just, will take care of you. I really believe he has a higher purpose for you. What he's going to do? I don't know. But uh, I have this conviction that God wants to do something bigger with your release. This is now national news, and God's name should also be national news. I know that he has a higher plan for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Since you are innocent, have patience, and without a doubt, things will change for the better. How? When? I don't know. But what I know is that I believe in that God. He is the God of the impossible. You were sentenced to life in prison, but God has a different plan. So wait for his divine intervention. And as a church, we should help him. We should continue praying. Our strongest weapon is prayer. In my case, the church did everything it could. In my case, everything. The situation was beyond a justice system. It was something beyond our understanding. But God knows. So I told Bruno, wait patiently for your freedom. I absolutely believe he's getting out of prison. We should pray until the walls of Jericho come down. And it will. Our God is the God of the impossible. Amen. You know, I'm thinking of the words of Jesus when he said, in this world you will have trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I wonder as we close this uh, program, you would want to talk to our viewers and offer them some encouragement as they face challenges in life, uh, to face them with faith and courage. Look, I would like to tell my fellow pastors that God has given us a special mission to be God's ambassador to this world. As Ellen G. White says, God hasn't given us a path of roses without thorns. There will be hardships. Being in prison has been one of the thorns in my life, my life as a pastor. But uh, I was happy because there was nothing to incriminate me. So, dear pastor, even the life of a pastor has its thorns. I don't like them, but there they are. They are difficulties in our lives, as pastors and missionaries. Dear pastor, never forget about your church, your home, your family. Make time to be with God. Preach to others. Pray to others, but never forget to pray for yourself.
Pray for your relationship with God, that it may every day be more intimate, so that when you are faced with trials, that you will be an example to other people, to our brothers and sisters, who are also going through hardships. Hold tight to God. Be a man of prayer. Like they say, we're paid to pray. Pray with all your being. Play without ceasing, because hard times can often come out of nowhere, like me. Never in my life did I imagine that I would be in prison. I lived my life with honesty, with respect, and I always thought that being in a prison would be out of the question. But God had other plans so I could do His work. I used to say to my inmates, you should be in prison only if you're innocent. My dear pastor, Stay with God. I will be praying for you every day so that you will finish His work, this noble yet thorny work, so that we may be prepared for the unexpected. And it is during peaceful times that we prepare ourselves. Amen. Pastor Mentor, thank you for sharing with us how we can face life's challenges with faith and courage. And I know that you've been encouraged as we've talked together today. And as we consider whatever challenge we face in our life and ministry, that we can depend fully upon God and face whatever the future holds with faith and courage. Welcome back to this very significant Ministry in Motion program where our topic today is Facing Life's Challenges with Faith and Courage. Derek, you were just had that wonderful experience of being able to interview Pastor Montero. What are some of the things that stuck with you, that, that spoke to you the loudest from that experience? Well, you know, as I was listening to his story, one of the things that really impacted me is I have suffered very little. Yeah. Uh, in my ministry. Uh, this man went to church like a regular day, had helped someone in need, and then is falsely accused and thrown into a, literally into a dungeon situation. Mm. I, I've never been through anything like that. But, Anthony, I think the lessons he learned can help me in my life. And I think they can help our viewers because they're so powerful, whatever life challenge you face. Exactly. You know, it seems as though he went through a three-phase transition, which is very significant and probably what we want to take from this. That the first phase was, why is this happening to me? Which is a very realistic question. I think probably it? something that we all ask, you know, as a child becomes sick or people at church start attacking you for no reason or something happens in the community that causes chaos, the natural first reaction is, why is this happening? Or perhaps even, why is God mm. allowing this to happen? Yeah. It has the echoes of the Psalms, doesn't it? You, you know, the Psalmist this... struggled with it too. Exactly. So, yeah. Now, the, the second phase that Pastor Montero seemed to go through was, what, what is God trying to teach me here? And I think that's an important transition uh, as, as we face challenges in life, because he says, even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need not fear because I'm with you through the psalmist in Psalm 23. So, so now I'm saying, well, if God is with me in this, what, what does he want to say to me? Mm. 
And I think that moved Pastor Montero and can move us from bitterness and depression and maybe even um, totally giving up on life exactly. or, or maybe even wanting to kill the person who falsely accused you who happened to be with him in that prison yeah, uh, yeah. To, to say, what does God want to teach me now? Yeah. And the third phase was probably the most significant of all, wasn't it? Which was? Which was, God, what do you want me to do here? Yeah. Uh, if I'm on a mission, whether I was out at the church or now here in the prison, what do you want me to do? And, mm. and that was the most startling, I think, because, because not only does he not hate the person who falsely accused him, and like you said, not only survive in this terrible prison, but he actually thrives and, and, yeah. and does an amazing work for God. Yeah. And just remind us, like he was sharing Bible teachings with, with his fellow inmates. When they heard he was a, a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, uh, the inmates asked him to preach. Now, there were Christians and Muslims. I mean, it was a very mixed group there. But he would preach twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm -hmm. He gave Bible studies all week. He would lead out in communion. They even had baptisms there in the prison. So he was like in full Holy Spirit anointed ministry, yeah. uh, which is another lesson I learned. And that is when you're going through a crisis, don't focus on the problem, mm. but, but say, Lord, how can I serve you here? Yeah. And, and undoubtedly, that, that, that enabled him to get through those 600-plus days um, in, a, in a way that he was still thriving. Yeah. Now, he wasn't alone. He did have a support network. Tell us a little about his support network. Well, of course... Uh, Brother Bruno Amar, who was an, uh, an elder of the church, was also accused and was there in prison with and him. We, and as we're recording this, he is still in that prison. He is. That's right. And, and one of uh, Pastor Montero's last requests when I interviewed him was keep on praying. Yeah. Uh, he used the, the uh, analogy of praying till the walls of Jericho come down mm. because he is not at all forgetful of his brother who is still there in the prison. Mm. Um, his wife came every day. Mm. And that's so touching to me because this unfailing love that she showed to her husband in prison, it wasn't nice for her to go there either, yeah. but um, is, is a wonderful reminder to him of the unfailing love of God. Yeah. And then people who would come, church leaders uh, would come and visit him. He said that brought great encouragement to him. So he wasn't abandoned, he felt supported and that network connected with him each day. Yeah, yeah. Derek, some other takeaways from this. What, what speaks to you from this? I think that I have in the past taken for granted some of the wonderful blessings of God. Yeah. And one of the things that Pastor Montero uh, said to me at the end, and I'll never forget it, he said, go home to, to those that you love and tell them that you love them today. Mm. Uh, he had a wife, as you know, and, and several children. And sometimes the children would even come to the prison with him. And, and it was just like, do not take for granted the precious gift of, of, of these people who love you. Uh, sometimes we could become so busy doing ministry that we ignore the people that God has given us to love and care for. He said, don't do that. Just make sure they know how much you love them every day. Yeah. You know, one thing that leaps out from to me from this story is that the persistent trust in God mm. that 
he had it just seemed to defy logic and defy the externals that he was experiencing. You know, it was almost humorous when he said to me, I love the stories of like Daniel and, and Joseph, people, John the Baptist, who'd been in prison, but he didn't like the outcome of John the Baptist and he didn't like that Joseph was in so long. Yeah. But there was this, this reminder that God is with me in this prison. And he said, I had this quiet confidence that God in, the, in his time would set me free. Yeah. But uh, you're right, persistent trust in God, but then serve God while you're in this difficult situation. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Derek. Thank you for bringing that interview to us. And it was a great interview too. It was a profound thank blessing. Yeah. And thank you for joining us on this very special Ministry in Motion program. Perhaps you're living in similar experiences to Pastor Montero. Perhaps you're facing similar life challenges maybe not in a prison or anything like that, but difficult and challenging nonetheless. If you'd like to know more about the story of Pastor Montero, in Ministry Magazine, we have a very special issue with an, another interview with Pastor Montero. If you'd like to come onto our website, www.ministryinmotion.tv, there you'll be able to see a written interview with this extraordinary pastor and his experience. And in fact, if you would like a, a subscription to Ministry Magazine, and if you're a pastor, we can care for you in this regard. Send us an email, feedback at ministryinmotion.tv. Tell us about your ministry. Tell us how you pastor and so forth. And we'd love to be able to send you a complimentary subscription to this very fine journal. But until next time, May God rich you, richly bless you.